you're listening to One Person's Trash is Our Treasure. We're a podcast where we talked about, uh, what did we talk about? <laughs> I'm tired. We, we talk about stuff that's underappreciated, underrepresented, and um, sometimes obscure. Yeah, sometimes. Not today. No. Mm-mm. No. No. Today we're going to talk about Oscar Sunday, huh, Ray? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. We're going to be talking about the movie Annihilation starring Natalie Portman. It just came out last week. Mm-hmm, I think so. We saw it immediately. <laughs> yeah, we saw it the day after it came out, and we've known for a few months now that we wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I was just about to say, the only reason we saw it immediately was because we had decided we were going to do an episode about it. Yeah. <laughs> So if you haven't seen any of the reviews or anything about Annihilation, some of them aren't terribly favorable, though the general ratings seem to be decent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fun movie to watch. For sure. Yeah. Definitely check it out if it's something that looks like it's up your alley. Mm-hmm. But we had some of the same problems that a lot of the critics did. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. The problems we had, what this movie is even about, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. The movie is based on a book, which neither of us have read. Yes. <laughs> so just a heads up, we're just talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. So if you like what you hear today, or if you have any thoughts on any of our opinions shared, then feel free to reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Optia, that's O-P-T-I-O-T, and on Instagram at OptiaPod. You can also get us at our website, one person's trash is our treasure.com. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Banana. <laughs> I'll just wait for So today we're going to be talking about Annihilation. <laughs> Is that the theme song? Yes. Oh, I, that's the... <laughs> That's like the little track that plays throughout the entire trailer and when she finally encounters the antagonistic force. <laughs> I was about to say, spoilers this early in the episode? <laughs> well, thanks for the transition. This entire episode is going to be full of spoilers. Yeah. We really can't talk about it the way that we need to unless we spoil the ending. So last Saturday, mm-hmm. Jen and I drove to one of our local movie theaters <laughs> Uh, we barely made it on time. <laughs> I was just about which, to say. Which appears to be a theme for us whenever we go see a movie for this podcast. Yep. Go listen to our third episode about all three mummy movies. Three mummies <laughs> walk into a bar. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we were really, really excited to see this movie. Mm-hmm. The trailer looked super badass. We loved that it was a movie with the majority of the cast being women. Mm-hmm. That seemed exciting. And it was an action movie mm-hmm. where the majority of the cast was women. And they were, as far as we could see in the trailer, just normal women, not like, you know, being like sexy, badass, gun-toting. Right, like, you know? the, like the gross femme fatale trope. Yeah. Not only that, but it was a sci-fi action movie starring women. Yeah, which is totally up our alley. Yeah. But also, I guess it's kind of more under the radar than other action-y movies that come out usually because it wasn't actually airing in the theater closest to us. And my boyfriend actually hadn't even heard of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the only reason I'd heard of it was because I 
am subscribed to this channel that promotes movie trailers for upcoming movies on YouTube. Yeah, I I hadn't heard of it either until you showed it to me, which is why we decided months in advance to do an episode about it. Because we had felt like it was flying under the radar. I will say, I don't feel like it's flying under the radar now. (laughs) Yeah. But we had made the decision to do the episode, so here we go. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, after having seen this movie, I think it's on brand. Yes, I do too. Um, I do too. <laughs> Just to the, give you a taste of how we feel. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think I speak for both of us when I say that it was a fun journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, de- the destination left something to be desired. <laughs> mm-hmm. We really enjoyed watching it. You know, we did. We had a great time watching it. I just think that the resolution of the movie didn't answer a lot of the questions we had, and mm-hmm. it kind of just didn't feel like it made a ton of sense or that it was satisfying. Yeah, that's exactly how I was going to put it. I was going to say that it was it's one of those movies that by the end of it, the final frame, you have more questions than they answered. Oh, yeah. And, and, and not in a satisfying way. Yeah. Another problem that I had with this movie... And it's something that I saw echoed in a lot of reviews. Which we didn't read before we went to go see the movie, by the way. No, we saw it the day after it opened. Yeah, and also, neither of us have read the book. We went into the movie pretty much completely blind, except for the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've seen this sentiment echoed in a few reviews, and it was actually kind of the inspiration for um, how I wanted to approach this episode in our discussion. Mm -hmm. This movie really seemed to be reaching for something and ultimately never grasped at it. You know, I I left the movie racking my brain trying to figure out what is this movie about? Mm -hmm. What is it trying to say? What is the underlying message, you know? Mm -hmm. And... It's not like every movie or piece of media has to have a deeper meaning. No. You know, sometimes you can just be there for the ride and that's fine. Sure. I mean, like we were saying, we've very much enjoyed the ride of the movie. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it really seemed like this movie was trying to go somewhere. Yes. And I I feel like it ultimately fell flat. Absolutely. I would go so far as to say that it thought it was saying something. Yeah. It had an arrogance about it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, granted, I did um, channel my inner English major. Mm -hmm. And I have come up with a bit of an analysis and a thesis regarding this movie, which Mm -hmm. I will share in a bit. (laughs) And I won't. (laughs) So if you haven't seen Annihilation and you're not interested in seeing it, Mm -hmm. it's a movie. Mm -hmm. Annihilation was based off of the 2014 book by Jeff Vandermeer, which is actually the first in a series of three, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. Like we said, we didn't read the book, so like, I wonder if they'll continue making movies. I hope they don't. Uh, yeah, me too, because what? <laughs> yeah. It was written and directed by Alex Garland, who wrote and directed uh, Ex Machina in 2015. And Annihilation stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Tuva Novotny, and Oscar Isaac. So the story is about this biologist, mm-hmm. Lena, whose husband is in the army, and he went away on a top secret mission a year ago, and he never came back, and she never learned anything about him. He mysteriously shows up at her home. Turns out he is very ill. Also, he didn't remember anything about where he was or what he did. On their way to the hospital, they get intercepted by basically the feds who bring them to this top secret base and 
inform Lena that there is this strange phenomenon going on where um, what they have called a shimmer has kind of taken over a portion of the country. and Starting at a lighthouse. Yep. And her husband was part of the most recent um, expedition that was sent in to kind of investigate and see what's going on and try to reach the source of this shimmer. Mm-hmm. Her husband is in a coma and Lena decides to join the next group that goes into the shimmer to try and hopefully get some answers mm-hmm. along for the ride <laughs> on her expedition is a psychologist named Dr. Ventress, a paramedic named Anya, a geologist named Shepard, and a physicist named Josie. When they get into the Shimmer, they realize that everything that is alive inside of it is very strangely mutated. Uh, Eventually, Josie, the physicist, discovers that this Shimmer is actually a prism that, like a prism, would refract light. This prism refracts and scrambles DNA, Mm -hmm. which is why everything inside of it is so strangely mutated. Mm -hmm. They also themselves begin to experience mutations while inside. Not everybody makes it to the end of the movie. It could be said that no one makes it (laughs) to the end. Sigh. I I don't know. We're going to talk about it. Eventually, Lena makes it to the lighthouse where she discovers the source of this shimmer and it's an alien creature who appears to clone or duplicate other living beings and become mirror copies of them. It's very unclear. It's very unclear. I will go into my theory mm-hmm. in a bit, mm. but it is very difficult to interpret <laughs> exactly what happens at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Basically, all you need to know is that- A woman turns into light energy. Yeah, and d- like- <laughs> Lena finds Dr. Ventress in, like, a a hole of weird tentacles. And Dr. Ventress is kind of monologuing about these creatures. And she says, you know, I don't know what they want or if they want. And they're going to destroy everything in an act of annihilation. And then she bursts into light. It was very unclear. It was so... I'll go so far as to say dumb. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so. that's basically all you really need to know. Lena, when one of the alien things kind of turns into Lena, yeah. she um, kind of outmaneuvers it and blows it up. And the day is saved? Maybe. They kind of left one of those, like, old-timey horror movie question marks at the end of the movie. Not, like, literally, but figuratively. Mm. Where they were like, the end. Or is it? You know, yeah. they, they kind of did one of those. <laughs> yeah. My read is a lot more liberal than that. My read is that it isn't a question mark. It's like, fuck everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my read of the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Fair um, enough. <laughs> and I, like, I could be wrong, but that's, that's where I'm going to be coming from when I talk about it. So that's why I'm going to talk about it in such harsh terms. Hey, everybody's interpretation is valid. Yeah. Do, so... we, do we disagree about that? Like... I'm not entirely sure where you're coming from, so okay. we'll we'll figure that out. Okay. Speaking of agreeing and disagreeing, I'll just dive right into it. Okay. As previously stated, this movie was adapted for the screen and directed by Alex Garland, who was behind the movie Ex Machina. Am I correct in remembering that we felt very similarly to each other about Ex Machina? I do remember us having that conversation. I think what happened was we had similar feelings, but we had slightly different interpretations of what the movie was about. Hmm. Okay. I feel like 
Our feelings about Ex Machina were similar to our feelings about Annihilation in that we felt like, am I correct, that Ex Machina was a little bit confused in what it was trying to accomplish and what it was trying to say? I don't know if I felt that way Mm. upon watching it. I do think we talked about it and I kind of conceded to what you were saying and like I see where you're coming from. (laughs) I would have to watch the movie again though. So I'm also coming from a place of not really liking Ex Machina very much. Yeah, I Um, didn't really love it when I first saw it, mm. you know? So, I mean, when Rachel showed me the trailer and then and then I realized that it was by the same guy, I was like, oh. <laughs> but I was open to it, you know? I mean, Ex Machina, it has interesting ideas behind it. And, you know, we eat up sci-fi and I love robots. And so I get shades of Ex Machina from Annihilation in that the ending reads very nihilistic to me i don't want to spoil ex machina for anybody this is this episode isn't about ex machina yeah but you know with annihilation my read is 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 very liberal in that i think what they're saying is that you know lena didn't make it out somehow so to me that's like a super nihilistic ending Mm -hmm. you know for a a movie that brings up ideas of identity and self-destruction you know all of these women who are on the expedition there's there's a scene about how they all have reasons for why they like there are a few yeah yeah, there are a few conversations about why someone would volunteer for what is essentially a suicide mission like nobody has made it out of this place alive except Mm -hmm. for lena's husband who is now in a coma but people are volunteering to go and so all of these women have reasons you know lena's husband is in a coma we find out that dr ventress has cancer and that's terminal one of the women struggles with addiction one of the women struggles with self-harm and the other woman i believe she lost her child her child you know and themes of identity where like there's this alien who's literally taking the place of people Uh and also with the scattered dna and how lena gets the tattoo on her arm the lena yeah i know right but like lena lena gets anya's tattoo on her arm um randomly which which i just need to interject because i'm going to explode Mm -hmm. i was like freaking out in the movie theater when i noticed it expecting like oh my god this is gonna be so fucking insane they're gonna explain it and i'm gonna be like oh my god yeah never acknowledged or explained (laughs) yeah yeah there was a lot in the movie that felt like cool flavor to me that i expected something to come of and then didn't like i thought there was gonna be symbolism with uh water me too. We didn't talk about this before. I, well, we did, yeah, I know. We got to talk about it after because, like, there was so we can't. We don't have time. Oh, but, like, oh my god! But yeah, there there was so much water imagery. Yes. All of the water they had so much focus on, yes. especially in the shimmer. Everything had this like but, really like, also beautiful... outside of outside of the shimmer with the glass of water. That oh yeah, Kane drank in the beginning, and then oh my god! And I'm I was so angry that nothing came of that. Especially I know. you know, I mean after after watching a movie like the shape of water which haha water that's not what i'm talking about but the shape of water which is so rich in visuals Mm -hmm. and like visual symbolism and also so deliberate and um meticulous with its with its details and its imagery everything that it does is for a purpose everything that it does means something and for for that kind of thing in this movie literally not to mean anything yeah you know it's so frustrating and empty exactly it was empty symbolism it was like performative 
negative symbolism. Exactly. And to go back to what I was saying before, you know, you a movie can exist just to entertain. There's nothing wrong with that. But sure. clearly, this movie was trying to accomplish something. And that is where our problem comes in, I exactly. think. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. a super fun movie. Super cool visuals. Super cool world. Super cool characters who we wish we got to spend more time with and learn more about. But what happened? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So identity with the with the DNA being scrambled and with Kane. That monologue. Yes. While that was happening at the end before Kane commits suicide. Yeah. With the grenade. He like monologues to the this camera that Lena finds. And he is talking about who am I? I don't know who I am. Are you me? Like it's this whole thing. And I was like, oh, this movie's going to have something really cool to say about identity and and, and, like and self-reflection and introspection. Right? And then it was like nothing. I know. It was so frustrating. Oh my God. I'm so. It so was, like it was really hard to pull an analysis out of this movie. Yes, that's why I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really happy that you did, okay. um, because because this was this was all I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about how frustrated I was that sci-fi, and I felt like Ex Machina struggled with this. Good sci-fi is about humanity. Us. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like Alex Garland shares some creative ideas with Lovecraft. If you haven't listened to our episode about the novel 14, it's uh, episode six to the naughty zone. That novel was clearly inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. And so we talk about him a little bit in the episode and we talk about how his philosophy was very nihilistic. He was Uh very much about existential nihilism and existential horror. And, you know, his belief system was basically that nothing matters and how how stupid humans are for believing that anything matters or that we matter right exactly in the grand scheme of the universe yeah that yeah. humanity matters at all which uh, okay asshole um <laughs> we talk about it in the episode go listen i've never read hp lovecraft but like i you know i read up about his his philosophies and and, mm-hmm. and shit while well, well, during that episode and i get shades of that from alex garland from ex machina and from annihilation because he sets up like lovecraft he sets up these themes of humanity and curiosity and identity and introspection and then throws them all out <laughs> to yeah. just to just say, eh, fuck it, nothing matters. Yeah. Which, like, I, I think is really boring and not saying anything. Good sci-fi is about humanity. And there's a reason why people love Doctor Who so much. Mm-hmm. is because one of the cornerstones of it is that humanity matters. There's a reason why in Star Trek, the humans are, like, one of the most special races in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Is it a little ridiculous? Sure. Is it because we're trying to say something deeper about, like, who we are? Yes. There's a reason why stories about aliens and robots are about them learning about humanity. Like, data. Learning and trying to be human, being fascinated by us. In D&D, literally, in the, in the human race page, it says stuff about how they're the innovators. Is it, it's just, is, is it a little ridiculous? Do, do I sometimes roll my eyes at it? Sure. Do I think it's really interesting and eat it up? Yes, because I think that there is value in looking at humanity from an outside perspective, which is what really good sci-fi with these themes can do. But if the end of it is this fatalistic and nihilistic, then I don't feel like what you're saying is interesting. And I feel like you think you're being artistic and you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to say that Ex Machina was obviously directed by a dude, written by a dude for guys to watch and go, mm, yes, interesting, the human condition. 
And so, like, Annihilation, I feel, is a little more performatively woke Mm -hmm. because it's about women. We haven't read the book, so we can't even really get into the subject of whitewashing. And we don't have time because it's a very serious subject. But I will actually say, in what I've read, it turns out that that was actually totally unintentional. Natalie Portman was cast before the third book came out and the the novels are are epistolary novels they're all oh, interesting i didn't know that yeah so obviously the um and That's they don't have names they don't have names in the novels oh. so the biologist is only it's written an, annihilation is written from her perspective and she wouldn't refer to herself as asian so that doesn't sure. happen until the third book when it's someone else's perspective and they point it out that's interesting she was cast before that book came out now this does open up the opportunity to discuss why the default person mm-hmm. to cast as the protagonist in a movie is a white person. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there was anything malicious happening there necessarily. For sure. And I definitely, you know, I think Natalie Portman is great. And mm-hmm. like when, when everything started happening and, and, and she was like, I had no idea. I 100% believed her. But, but that's a larger conversation that is like super important. And, and yeah. Um, so Annihilation is kind of like this, like, I don't want to shit on Alex Garland too bad because I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's a very nice man. Sure. But I, I feel like it's, it, it was an opportunity for him to be a little more performatively woke with a cast of women. And, and it, to his credit, they were not sexualized like the women in Ex Machina were. No, not at all. But I, I just, I, I still feel like the, you know, the end of the movie, I mean, the, the female protagonist didn't even make it out alive. So what was the point of her journey? You know yeah. what I mean? What was what was everything she went through? All of the self-reflection she had to do with regard to her cheating and her marriage. And she te- cheated on her husband, by the way. It was very yeah. muddled and unclear, though. <laughs> it like... was very unclear. <laughs> but this journey she went through didn't mean anything. She ultimately, like, she didn't make it out alive. So it ultimately didn't mean anything, which is so frustrating. Which And nihilistic, as and you And nihilistic, saying, exactly. You know? um, so... Following that line of thought, I was like, okay, so if we keep going with this instead of just ending with my rant, the the next logical thing is that, well, maybe the movie isn't about her. Maybe it's about the alien. Uh-huh. I literally had that thought, which leads directly into what your thesis is, which is that <laughs> it that actually what the movie is about is the alien's goal and, and purpose, and, and that's, that's what the movie is saying, which... I will say, before I hear what you're going to say, which maybe you'll change my mind, but literally in the movie, they say that the alien doesn't have a purpose. They're just doing stuff. Yep. Which is still pretty nihilistic. Yep. My thesis, I keep calling it a thesis, like I'm a (laughs) fucking academic. Well, I mean... (laughs) But, like, the original premise of our podcast was that we were, like, faux academics. Wasn't it? I guess. And I kind of love that. Yeah. Well, it does make me laugh as long as we get across the idea that, like, we know we're not academics. Yeah. No, no. I... You're way more than I am, though. So I'm very interested to see what you have. Okay. So I actually did a ton of research on both the book and the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I read a lot of reviews just trying to rack my brain to figure out what the fuck this movie is about. And it's so interesting. We had completely different um, ways of of tackling this. I kind of just wanted to go with my gut and like I didn't really read much. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I have been cursed by (laughs) four years of English classes where I read 
the text, whether it's a movie or TV show or book or whatever. And I am like pre-programmed now to be like, what is this about? You Mm -hmm. know? And I I enjoy doing that, you know? So Uh, I did that too. I just did it in a very like angry way. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to like read any reviews or whatever, which I probably should have, but please continue. That's, that's fine. I just got angry that I couldn't and decided that I would anyway, (laughs) because fair enough. It doesn't matter what the creator intends. It's saying something. Sure, the author is dead. Yeah, it's we saying something. We should come something. up with a little theme for the author. We should dead. because I my um, dabbling in new criticism has really uh, <laughs> kind of gotten into my head that the author is dead. So I actually read plot summaries of the book mm-hmm. and the movie just to make sure that I didn't miss anything, and then I read a bunch of reviews. Now, while most of the ratings for the movie were generally favorable, most of the critical reviews were like, what? (laughs) I can imagine. I did read one that said that this was a masterpiece and that it really cleared up a lot of ambiguities from the book, which is alarming. Fucking yikes. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I was going to say everything that I think and feel about the movie Annihilation has no, like, bearing on the book, which I did not read. And I actually got Mm -hmm. the feeling watching the movie that reading the book would clear up a lot of things from the movie. Maybe that's not true. Well, they're completely different. (laughs) Yes, that's what I have, have since learned. Yeah. So one of the reviews that I read that really hit home for me said that, you know, this movie was kind of a mess. It was it was fun. But ultimately, the antagonistic forces motivation was just that it didn't have one, Mm -hmm. you know. And as they put it, that's kind of a lame motivation for an antagonistic force. I was thinking to myself, like, in the car on my way here, (laughs) I was like, aren't we past that as a a villain's (laughs) motivation? Isn't that, like, very 90s? Yeah. So that really resonated with me, that comment. Mm -hmm. And I really started to think about it. And here's kind of what I came up with. Okay. This movie basically starts out with an image of some cells dividing while Lena's character is kind of monologuing over it. And at first it just kind of seems like it's a visual aesthetic to accompany what appears to be a, you know, discussion of life and evolution and all that. And it seems like this totally benign thing. And then she says, just like drops it. Mm -hmm. These are actually cancer cells. Mm -hmm. So I find this significant because we, as humans, kind of interpret cancers to be a death sentence. They're, they're, they're bad. Mm -hmm. When in reality, as far as, like, the grand scope of the the universe is concerned, you know, the kind of going into this existential theme, cancer is just another form of life. Mm -hmm. It's just cells reproducing. And these cancer cells don't know that they're killing their host. They're literally just doing what their genes are telling them to do, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So this is something we see echoed throughout the movie. While the team is in the Shimmer, they encounter a bunch of different, like, mutated forms of life. And there's this deadly giant alligator and this weird blind bear that sounds like the screams of its previous victims when it opens its mouth. Very strange. It was really weird. It was really cool. Very cool. But, like, fucking weird. (laughs) But... Along with these, like, terrifying and deadly things, there are also all of these really beautiful, vibrant flowers everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) there's kind of this weird in-between place in the form of all of these really colorful fungi that grow all over everything. And one of these even seems to have taken over the body 
whether it was alive or dead at the time, we don't really know, of one of um, Lena's husband's team members. It is literally, like, annihilated the body. It's my favorite visual in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> in my notes, I actually described it as sublime, to go back to our Crimson Peak Oh my god, episode, yeah, you're you know? right. It's, it's totally horrifying, but you can't look away. I, oh my god, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So, the the narrative of this movie is all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And in parts of the movie, Lena, after her expedition and after she has made it out, with quotations, because she hasn't, I guess, mm-hmm. she's being interrogated. And he says, when she's describing what she saws in the shimmer, he says it was nightmarish. But she actually corrects him and says that sometimes it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So here's where we kind of see a thematic parallel with the first image we saw on the screen, that is, the cancer cells. The beauty, horror, and grotesqueness of life is totally dependent on what humans interpret it as. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they're all just doing what their genetic codes are telling them to do. Survive and reproduce, you know? So in this movie, the characters keep having this problem, I guess. They're the ones who keep determining whether or not the things that they encounter are good or bad, you know? Mm. But they're, like, not either way. It's kind of a neutral thing. It's just we as humans have decided, you know? Mm -hmm. And throughout the movie, we also see this theme of self-destruction that keeps getting echoed, and Jen bringing that up earlier. Yo, I'm smart as hell. Yeah, and as you said, each of the characters who goes into the Shimmer has a reason and it was kind of more like telly than showy like we didn't really see what was wrong with each of the characters we were just told yeah it was very exposition dumpy yeah and the essence of each of the characters is that they're all self-destructing in some way Mm -hmm. okay so later on dr ventress and lena kind of have a discussion about self-destruction where dr ventress says that of all people lena should be able to explain why everyone self-destructs since it seems to be a common theme across every living thing people animals whatever you know like a moth to a flame kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and therefore it's probably written in the dna of each cell so this kind of seems like the opposite message of what i was saying before that all living things for the betterment or otherwise of other living things are just listening to their genetic code to survive. But I think that these two contrary ideas come together at the end of the movie in that really vague and confusing scene with Dr. Ventress where Mm -hmm. she's like monologuing and she's sitting in the weird tentacle hole in the lighthouse and like... (laughs) Name of the episode. (laughs) So now we have an episode named Lovable Tentacle Face and Weird Tentacle Hole. People are going to think we're a hentai podcast. Oh my God. (laughs) Name of the episode. So yeah, Dr. Ventress is in the tentacle hole um, monologuing about the creature and she says that the shimmer will spread to encompass the whole world in an an act of annihilation! And then she basically explodes into a giant ball of energy. She basically annihilates. Yep, Um, and that ball of energy absorbs a drop of Lena's blood that was like on her forehead and then morphs into a shimmery dude in a bodysuit who starts mirroring everything Lena does. And then eventually morphs into her. It's a fucking weird movie, guys. It, it's a weird movie. I saw a headline that I didn't read because I, you know, I wasn't really into like b- before we recorded. I wasn't really into like uh, like there was a um 
an article that was like annihilation's ending explained and i was Mm -hmm. like fuck you i'm just gonna talk about i'm just gonna speak angrily i couldn't find something like that (laughs) really Uh, yeah i I mean because i was looking for something maybe i should have read it but i also i also saw something that was like alex garland like uh talks about annihilation and this and this and uh and it's uh, breathtaking third act or something like that. It was like a it was like a positive uh, mm-hmm. adjective, and I was like, that's one way to describe it. <laughs> like it's third act is it's third act is fucking wild. Wild is the the only word. Yeah, but like not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, here's what I think. Okay, I think that this is how this alien reproduces. I think that it annihilates with quotations, the DNA of everything that enters into its little prism. Mm -hmm. And then it recycles that DNA to create a new body. Mm -hmm. And I think that the prism is the mother, with quotations, and the shimmery bodysuit creatures are its children. Interesting. So the ending of my, like, the, the resolution of my whole thesis is kind of dependent on that idea and that's kind of what i got out of it i think that was dr ventress in the tentacle hole no i think you're right because it doesn't make sense otherwise yeah but 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 just illustrating why it's so frustrating that it's so unclear yeah no it really like (laughs) this isn't yeah 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 i'm this is just what i came up with Mm -hmm. you know i think that her dna was recycled Mm -hmm. to create one of the little shimmery aliens Mm-hmm. And that it used. I mean, Lena's she did. Ex- she did explode into the energy, which then explodes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I follow. If this creature does have to destroy to live, it's kind of like cancer mm-hmm. in that regard, you know. In that it's destroying, but it's just doing what it's programmed to do. Yeah. However, like cancer, it also is destroying its host in the process mm-hmm. because if these creatures really do have to recycle DNA to create a new living being then they're destroying every living thing on the planet to do so. Mm-hmm. And eventually... That will lead to its own destruction. Exactly. But presumably, I mean, the alien comes from somewhere. It, it, it acted like a, a... It looked like a meteor hitting the lighthouse. Or I actually think that once it destroys everything on its planet, it has to move on to a new planet with life. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I was going to say. You know, so in that way... I think that the message of the movie is that life is also destruction. And mm-hmm. that's why people self-destruct. And the script even says that when Shepard is telling Lena why Josie, the physicist, is on the expedition. She wants to feel alive. Mm-hmm. You know? She self-harms and it's not because she wants to die. It's because she wants to feel alive. Mm-hmm. And the only way she can do that is by getting as close as possible to what it's like to not be alive. So life isn't content to be alive and therefore has to destroy itself in the process. Pretty nihilistic. Yep. It's really interesting and definitely makes more sense than whatever I think the movie thinks it's saying. Exactly. No, yeah. Uh, I I, I actually... (laughs) I I don't think that's what the movie thinks it's saying. No, not at all. And I actually included that at the end of my notes after the word bam. (laughs) Bam. I love you. Oh, um, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I think it, I think that's a, a super interesting. The author is dead theory. It remains frustrating because there's still threads of the movie that don't fully come together, like the themes of identity and no, for sure. Like yeah, that's not <laughs> this. Yeah, like that's just kind of what I got out of that movie. You know, mm-hmm. that's not like the ultimate and only interpretation of the themes going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but ultimately, I think that that's why the alien's motivation was just it didn't want anything. You know, 
because it's just trying to survive and to do so it has to destroy because all things destroy destroy hmm. yeah all living things destroy i mean yeah it's really interesting i also think it's interesting that the way you came up with to say what the movie was saying ended up being nihilistic <laughs> well obviously that's yeah going i mean on, you just literally you know? just can't escape it what's what is interesting though is that I actually hadn't realized that it was a nihilistic thing until you started talking about nihilism. Ayy. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously it, it's it's nihilistic. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's full-on nihilistic. I think it's... No, yours, I is, think yours it's is more... Existential. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. like, like, life, nothing matters, you know? Yeah, it definitely has less fatalism to it mm-hmm. than than what I was talking about, which is, like, what I get from the, what, what the movie thinks it's saying. Yeah. Yeah. One show that does existentialism very well Bojack is... Horseman, absolutely. No. Oh. Rick okay. and Morty. Oh, yes, that too. Bojack Horseman does. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just... I, I'd like to see media start to trend toward the more hopeful and for, for sci-fi to stop doing this thing where they try to be deep... Because they feel like they need to. Because they feel like they need to win people over because they're doing sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So they the ending is like, nothing matters. Because, like, we're, we're deep sci-fi. No, deep sci-fi is, like, saying cool, like, things about humanity and whatever. Yeah, actually, Nick and I watched this movie called Moon. Oh, I want to see that movie so bad. It was okay. Oh, man. It kind of had some nihilistic stuff in it. Oh, man. Sort of. Sort of. Like, ultimately, I think the messaging of the movie is living. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's that's the goal of mm-hmm. the movie. One sci-fi movie that I think actually had a very anti-nihilistic, anti-existential theme and aesthetic, I guess, and overall message was Arrival. Really? With Amy uh, Adams. Adams. I haven't seen that one yet either. It's really good. That movie, actually, I think it kind of punches existentialism in the face. God, we should have compared Arrival to Annihilation. Yeah, we should have. Damn. Because that's another movie that has, like, a female lead. And, mm-hmm. and it's also... The aliens are so cute. Oh, They're so cute. I want to see it so bad. <laughs> I love them. But it's also about, like, knowing that if you'd make a certain decision it will result in tremendous pain and loss for you down the road, but choosing to do that anyway. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of existentialism, don't you think? Yeah. That's really interesting. We should have compared them. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're looking for something else with hopeful messaging, go listen to The Adventure Zone, because they specifically had hopeful themes in that, specifically because, like, fuck the nothing matters bullshit that we get so much of now. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yes, very, uh, very deep meanings, Rachel. I like how that's always the route you go <laughs> to start our outros. Being a weird asshole. Yeah, like being a faux academic. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so I don't know. How do you how do you feel about our, our conversation? How do you think it went? I think it went good. I think we had some thoughts and some opinions, and we shared them. I I think that that is in, it is indisputable that we had all of those things and that we talked about them. Yep. <laughs> so if you don't have thoughts or opinions, you can borrow ours. Sure. Credit us, or we'll come after you. Kidding. 
<clears throat> if you are interested in Annihilation, this movie really made me want to read the book. I don't know if I'm going to or not. <laughs> I'm famously bad at, at, at stuff, but... um, Reading. She's famously <laughs> bad at reading books. Um, <laughs> mean. <laughs> but if you're a fan of podcasts, then you might want to check out the hashtag LadyPodSquad tag on Twitter. And one of our favorites, Radaptations, is also going to be doing an episode on Annihilation, where they will actually be comparing the book and the movie. They will they will have actually read the book. Yep. <laughs> so uh, that is sure to be interesting and funny and fun. And go listen to them yeah. if you are so inclined. Yeah, they're really, really smart. Uh, they actually also did an episode on Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. where they compared the movie to the book. As we did, we mm-hmm. we did an episode on Rosemary's Baby and compared Again, it to the movie Annabelle. Yeah, we, we did not compare it to the book. So there's a theme here. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy doing that, Jen. What's your problem? <laughs> hey, our next episode is about an incredibly long book. What do you want from me? How much of that book have you read since I last saw you? I re-listened to our old lost episode about it to refresh. Okay. Okay. How much have you, have you read? You said you wanted to reread it. None. Okay. I'm coming straight out. Like, but also I have read the whole book. You know what, Rachel? I'm feeling really attacked right now. Well, you are being attacked. So <laughs> your feelings are justified. Yeah. Correct. So really quick before we go, I just want to say congratulations to Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Guillermo del Toro. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I struggled to say oh that name. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, go, listen, go listen to our uh, Crimson Peak episode where we talk about his wonderful movie Crimson Peak and struggle to say his name with our dumb hick accents. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, congratulations on winning Best Picture for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Jen and I actually both saw that movie. Together. Together. Pretty <laughs> soon after it came out. I think immediately. Yeah. And absolutely adored it. Yeah. Obviously I did, you know, with my love of uh, alien romances and non-human boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And same. So congratulations, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I'm really excited about this win. Also, congratulations to Jordan Peele yes. on winning Best Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, another movie Jen and I saw almost immediately. Together. Together. <laughs> Two movies also that we knew we would not be able to talk about on our podcast mm-hmm. because it is kind of off-brand. Yeah. Though Which I is think- painful because... Because we love them both so much. Though I think we could kind of, like, sneak The Shape of Water in if we were comparing it to one of my romance novels. Probably. Maybe some, some somewhere down the line someday. Yeah. Also, I feel pretty confident in saying the only two Oscar movies Rachel and I saw. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy about that. I kind of have a hate relationship. Not a love-hate. A hate relationship with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. In part because I generally don't care about most of the movies that get nominated. Mm. Not to take away anyone else's fun. I know a lot of people really like the Oscars, but... Mm. Um, I, I I do have a love-hate relationship with the Oscars. Yeah. I just... I definitely understand your feeling. Yeah. I was just really happy to see 
some different types of movies nominated this year. Totally. So this year was kind of more of a breath of fresh air for me. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pretentiousness that goes with the Oscars. Yeah. So once again, if you'd like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Optiot, that's O-P-T-I-O-T, and on Instagram at OptiotPod. And you can also find us at our website where one person's trash is ourtreasure.com. Yeah, come check us out. Yeah, and subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a nice review because, like, we really deserve it. (laughs) And on Google Play. Sure. Do they have reviews? I don't know. I assume. We're Apple users. Yeah, whatever. Sorry. Until next time, listener, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jen. And we're One Person's Trash is Our Treasure. And this is not an endorsement of Apple products. I'm not happy about being an Apple user. They just really lock you in. They really do. We're trapped. Forever. Okay. Okay, bye, everybody. (laughs) This is not for you, listeners. Rachel, cut this out. I actually have a bunch written down. Oh, shit, I didn't look up the characters' names. Do you have them? Oh, no, shit. What's our website? I wanted to watch it again before we recorded, but we decided to go in a different direction, so I didn't. Also, I just didn't. (laughs) You know, like, there's a a reason why stories about... I have shit. Oh, it's marker. Listen. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Literally me every second of every day. (laughs) Too real. There's a dog outside. Did we do it, Rachel?